You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Well, hell, we're back again. I know. I, I thought I'd gotten rid of you last weekend, you know, over there in West Virginia. You know, I figured you would have, you know, ended up uh, in some hollow somewhere, but uh, you, you, you had your wife with you, so, I, you know, no, nothing bad could happen, um, you know. God bless that woman, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting, fun weekend at the Greenbrier last week, and now we're back home, and next weekend we'll be in Gettysburg. So, uh, yeah, busy, busy. So speaking of busy, and speaking of West Virginia, uh, aren't you in West Virginia now? Yes, in West Virginia now, traveling north on Route 60 behind a log truck. Uh, for everybody who's thinking I'm driving, I'm not. Uh, my friend Robert uh, picked up a nice 56 Cadillac 62 series sedan, and we are headed to Pittsburgh. Uh, so it's one of those, uh, you know, last-minute got-to-fly um, situations. Good. So Hope it all goes yeah. well. Yes. What, what yes, color I, Cadillac? What color what, Cadillac? What color? Yeah. Salmon. Salmon oh, nice. green. Yeah. Very nice. nice. Very pretty car. You would like Congratulations. It? Yes, congratulations. Oh, of, course I would. of course I would like it. I'm Italian. Italians and Cadillacs go hand in hand. Don't you know that? Absolutely. Part of our DNA. <laughs> you know... You, I'm not sure, you know, uh, you remember that, uh, you probably haven't had a chance to watch it, but that movie Wise Guys with Joe Piscopo and Danny DeVito that I get, gave you a copy of. Yeah, there's a 59 caddy featured prominently in that movie. And, uh, it's absolutely hysterical. I mean, it's not hysterical in terms of, you know, you know, they, they didn't tear up a good car. You know, they had a bad car that they, it's not out of, but it was, it's a funny movie, but yeah, nothing like Cadillacs and Italians and the mob and everything. You gotta have a Cadillac. You don't hear about Italians and Lincolns, you know? No. Oh God, no. No. That, that, that's a mortal sin. Nope. No way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so, wow. Greenbrier was great. Yeah, Greenbrier was great. Uh, you know, the whole weekend can, you know, it, it goes to show you the weather. Don't ever depend on the weather because for four days prior to the event, it was supposed to rain all day long Friday, supposed to rain all day Saturday, supposed to be sunny all day on Sunday, the Concord day. But the day of the, uh, Greenbrier tour on Friday, Best weather I've seen in a year. Saturday, same thing. Great weather. And then Sunday, we were fine. And then just before it was time to do awards, boy, the bottom fell out, didn't it? It, it sure did. But fortunately, the Green Briar has this big canopy in front. This big, you know, uh, 
everybody, including several cars, were able to take shelter under. And that's where we had the awards. As soon as the awards ceremony finished, the sun came out, and everybody was able to walk and look at the cars again. So it worked out. And, uh, yeah, nice event. And uh, now on to Gettysburg. So it's going to be a busy summer. Yeah, Gettysburg, uh, AACA, Eastern Nationals, 542 cars, I believe, somewhere, give or take. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a show. And uh, there are a lot of first junior cars registered as well, and for people who are unfamiliar with that, that generally means that it's a car that's not been to the show before. Um, they're out there at their first show after a fresh restoration and uh, trying to uh, compete and get their first junior award. So should be a really, really good show with some new cars, too, and some really great cars that have been shown in AACA. Some of them, I don't know, there's two or three I can think of that will be there that have been probably shown 30, 40 times in AACA. Yeah, looking forward to it, and it's going to be a good event. Now, speaking of the AACA, let's talk about the news that hit this week about uh, Hershey Swap Meet in October. Going to have a special field, I understand. Why don't you tell us a little uh, bit about it? <laughs> the back lot, um, as they're calling it. So for the entirety of, of the Hershey Fall Meet, all of the vehicles, the car corral, have been stocked. Now, all of them are going to be stocked. Um, there's going to be a special area that's generally not used, uh, and they're going to allow some modified vehicles in that area. And parts, right? No. There's going to be no change to the parts, no. Um, you know, the... The actual flea market area is not going to going to change in terms of you know the emphasis has to be on I I think we lost Tom folks. He's in West Virginia, probably going through one of those mountain ranges or tunnels. But uh yeah, the, the parts is Okay, yeah, so the part stays the same. So just this area, this back lot behind the Giant Center is going to be uh, a modified cars. So that should be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Well, I think, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, the Hershey region, first of all, you have to remember that the Hershey Fall Meet charges no admission. But at the same time, they have to pay... Hershey Entertainment for the use of all the area up there around Giant Stadium um, next to Hershey, next to the Hershey Chocolate Factory, so Hershey Park. So there has to be income in order to offset the free admission. And the region, despite public uh, thought to the contrary, the uh, parking areas across from the show, the uh, flea market area, are paid for and they're charged by Hershey Entertainment, 
not the region. So if you're paying for parking, that's not the region that's charging you. It's Hershey Entertainment that's charging you. So the region has to make money, and they've got unused space there, and so they're going to allow additional vehicles in there, and some with modifications. I've got no problem with it. It keeps the show free to the public. It keeps them out of the red, and it's been... Yeah, and for those who have complained, what I say is if you don't want to look at the cars, don't look at them. Don't go there. Walk somewhere else. It's very simple. But there's a lot of people that enjoy looking at cars that are modified, customized. And there's not going to be a lot of them, let's face it. You know, I, I doubt there'll even be a 100 there. So uh, anything that we could do to keep this show alive and keep it going, that's what needs to be done. But it'll never turn well, into a NSRA national event. It'll never turn into a street rod show, as some people are, you know, worried about. So, so don't be concerned. It's going to stay the way it's always been, with just an additional sideshow. That's it. Well, here's the thing, and most people not thinking about it, but Charlotte Auto Fair, put on by the Hornet's Nest region of the ACA, has been doing the very same thing for the entirety of its existence, 30-some-odd years. So, you know, um, AC So is Tom cut out? (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens when you're going through the mountains of uh, West Virginia. Uh, Cell service is bad. But like he said, at Charlotte, which we had the auto fair two weeks ago, there's, there's always been modified cars, and uh, it's worked out well. Everything kind of blends in. So uh, a little bit for everybody. So uh, it should be an exciting event. Uh, I know I already got my booth reserved for Hershey, which we'll be selling Crankshaft Magazine. And, uh, you know, it should be a good time. If, if you've never been, you have to go. It's, it's like the mecca of the old car hobby, as, as many people say. So, uh, speaking of Crankshaft Magazine, you might as well put in a plug. Uh, it's at the printer. It was, it was founded and boxed yesterday. And the other copies will be a polybag today. And they will be mailed out on the 16th. So, hopefully by the 21st, everybody will have their copy of Crankshaft number 6. And we already started working on issue number 7. And we're trying to get that out in a more timely manner. It's tough for a one-man show, but uh, we're going to keep going as long as we can. And, uh, well, if you just tuned in, Tom is on his way to Pittsburgh uh, to help Buddy, who just bought a 56 Cadillac Series 62 sedan. And uh, he's going to West Virginia. And the mountains there don't have the greatest cell service. I know when I lived in Vermont, you would go through areas of the Green Mountains and there was no service at all. Your phones just died. And that's the way it is in a lot of remote places. So uh, he'll be back. Tom will be back uh, as soon as that service kicks in. But uh, I know I've, I've been working this past week on the TR3 again. And uh, all my wheels are now being blasted and primed, and now I'm getting ready to paint them, put some tires on it so I can, the chassis could be rolling. And then uh, 
the body itself. I'm going to be flipping it over onto a whole bunch of ties I got, and I'll be uh, the body. The underside is already in crime, and uh, I'll be shooting on body shoots that that you know uh, 3M on the coating, and then within a 24-hour period, I have to spray on the color coat. This way, the bottom of the car matches the uh, top side. And because it's a light metallic green color, after the color coat, I'll be spraying on a coat or two of clear to protect the metallics in the paint so they don't go dull. So the underside of the car is going to look like, well, it's not going to look like anything Triumph ever did, you know? Let's face it, these, not just Triumph, but years ago, I mean, all cars were just mass-produced appliances. That's all they were. They were never looked upon as collectibles or anything like that. So they would just give it a quick spray, and that was it. You know, it's amazing that some of them have already lasted, you know, 60, 70 years uh, with so little protection underneath. Now, Richard, you're... you're I remember years ago, I... Richard, you're doing this in your garage, right? Yeah, I'm doing this and, in my garage. And... I got like a... What are you doing you know, to keep the dust down? Well, it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I vacuum... Uh, prior to painting and things like that. And then I have a big fan that, uh, and I have a filter on the fan. I just don't want to suck fumes out, outside. So I have a filter on the fan and I, uh, it kind of, you know, drafts the, uh, overspray out, outside. And, uh, I cover some of my, uh, workbenches and stuff with plastic so they don't get covered with paint. And, uh, you know, I don't have a problem. It, it really comes out okay. You know, you always want to get some dust and something in, into the finish. You can't help that. So uh, once I paint the top side of the car, I'll probably hang some plastic above it. So, you know, whatever's on the ceiling won't fall down and ruin the finish. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's always nerve-wracking when you're painting, you know. Uh, but paint being what it is, now, now do you probably... Know? Do you have to uh, take in consideration any uh, humidity that maybe uh, there's, uh, I don't know, there's more humidity tomorrow than you were expecting or anything like that? Yeah, if, if, if I know it's going to be a high humid day, I won't paint because you don't want the moisture to get trapped underneath the paint and then you get bubbles and things like that. But you could also offset the humidity or the heat level with different reducers, because you gotta, you gotta mix the paint with a reducer so it sprays through the gun. And there are different types of reducers for like, you know, different heat ranges, you know, 65 to 75 degrees, and then you could use another, you know, slow reducer for, uh, 75 to 85 degree range. So you gotta adjust things accordingly, you just can't, you know, spray, uh, just like that without concern or consideration to the climate. But if it is, you know, raining out, and if it is high humidity, don't paint at all. How about... Uh, That's happened to me in the past. What, what kind of pressure are you yeah, putting uh, through your gun? Uh, I use a high volume, low pressure, and they call it an HVLP gun. So years ago, you needed like 55 pounds of pressure. Uh but now with these, these uh, low volume, these high volume, low pressure guns, 
22 pounds. Hmm. And what's so good about that is you don't waste a lot of paint because the paint is not being shot with such high pressure onto the painted surface, and then it kind of ricochets off. So it, it's kind of just literally 90% of the paint that you're spraying now, it goes onto the surface of the car because it's low pressure. And it works so much better. Uh, you know, years ago with the high-pressure guns, uh, probably half the paint that you were spraying was being, you know, like I said, bounced off the car surface and just goes out into the air. And with paint being so expensive, I mean, it's going to be at least $2,000 in paint and supplies, if not more. Uh, some paints are like $2,000 a gallon now, depending on the color, especially if it's red, orange, even yellow, you know, because of the pigments. Red pigments are very expensive. So, uh, and I'll be going with a uh, green, a light green metallic, which is, it, it, it's not as expensive as red uh, because of the pigments, but... Uh, that's the color I've chosen with a green interior, so it should be uh, a unique-looking TR3 when we're done. I'm real excited about it. But, uh, yeah, painting is nerve-wracking. Did we get you know, Mr. Cox have... back yet? No. I guess. No, I don't know where he is. He's, I guess he's stuck in a tunnel. He's out there. Yeah, he's probably stuck in one of those tunnels. I know last week when I was driving up to the Greenbrier, I took uh, Route 77. And uh, up from Virginia into, uh, uh, like I said, towards Beckley, Virginia. And 77 went through two tunnels in, in the mountains there. And then we cut off and we headed up to White Sulphur Springs. But uh, it's a beautiful area. But uh, like you said earlier, there no self-service. Hey, hey, hey. I'm back. <laughs> we're back. I You're hear back. banjo music, but we're back. Ha! <laughs> ah. I was telling them about all the tunnels and everything in West Virginia, so, uh, yeah, good to hear you. Ah, it's good, it's good to be back. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we were, when we, when I left so unceremoniously, we were discussing the Greenbrier and then we were talking about Hershey. And I think I left talking about the fact that, you know, Charlotte Auto Fair has had an integrated car corral since the get-go, um, and it's never affected AACA's main focus, and that is the preservation of original automobiles. And it's not going to change. The situation in Hershey's not going to change. The only thing that it's going to do is it's going to help keep costs down so that the region doesn't have to keep passing along cost increases to the vendors. You know, the more money they, they can take in, better off everybody's going to be. The region is not getting rich off of the fall meat. So, you know, with, with your disappearance, Tom, I just totally overlooked the fact that we needed to take a break. So, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Tom and Richard. If Richard's not in a tunnel, or I'm sorry, if Tom's not in a tunnel, right after this. <laughs> Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783. 
or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. And it's yours. You know, Tom, while you are away, while you are away, uh, I was telling people, for those who are, we heard, are complaining about the new field at Hershey, all I said was, if you don't like it and those types of cars, you don't have to go look at them. Just walk the other way. But there are a lot of people out there that appreciate all types of vehicles. And, uh, it just adds value to the, an existing show. So, uh, it's going to be good. Don't worry, folks. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to the car, to the car crowd for sure. Um, don't want any misconceptions. The car show on Friday, which used to be on Saturday, of course, but on Friday, it's still going to be stock AACA all the way. It's not going to be modified vehicles in the show on Friday, the main show. Only in the car corral. So it's much ado about nothing. It's a tempest in a teapot as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, But, you know, it's always controversy. Um, yep. Museums. You and I were yep. talking about some of the best museums we've been to. What's your favorite? Oh, hands, well, gee, I was going to say hands down. I mean, it, 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 it's, oof. The ACD Museum, the Auburn Cors-Husenberg Museum in Auburn, Indiana, is spectacular. I can't wait to go back there, you know, in July when we have the meet there. Uh, you know, then the, the Rev Institute in uh, Naples, Florida, is just mind-blowing, especially if you like, you know, uh, a lot of race cars and, you know, European-type stuff. Uh, that is just spectacular museum, and cars just are in a, ra- a road, in, you know, arranged in lines like you see in a lot of boring places. But uh, it's just a beautiful architectural-type building, like the AAC, a, uh, ACD Museum, the way it's, you know, a vintage uh, building with columns and, gold leaf and the wallpapers and the furniture that blends in with the era of the classic cars. That's spectacular. So it, it's really hard to say. I mean, uh, those are my two favorites. What about you? So, so, and you know, I have to say that the Revs Institute is out, absolutely outstanding. But you'd have to look far and wide to find a, a, a greater collection with better interpretation. But, right. so I have to 
to say. For me, and, you know, the automotive side of it is not overwhelming, but the Henry Ford, because of its variety and everything, is uh, outstanding to me. I, you know, it's certainly yes. a great place to take the family. You can get in, get your car fixed while you're there, and you can see everything from locomotives to giant steam generators and everything in between. Thomas Edison's last breath that uh, Henry Ford paid to have captured, I guess, uh, the chair that Lincoln was shot in at the theater. Um, gosh, there's just so much, stuff, so much there. It's amazing. And uh, then there's also the last Hudson dealer, uh, Miller Motors up in Ypsilanti. Um, that's a great, great little museum, too. Uh, say the Peterson in L.A. is a been awesome there. museum. Yep. Incredible. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of variety. Um, and while you're in L.A., you might as well go to the Nethercutt Museum. That's another fabulous museum. I, uh, yeah. Ne- you know, you know it's a great museum. Uh and it's not just one building, it's multiple buildings. The Gilmore. Oh, yeah. In Hickory Corners, Michigan, north of uh, Lansing. Uh, Hickory Corners. Like, what? Yeah, Hickory Corners. is like 65 acres, and different clubs have different buildings. Like there's a Cadillac club has their own building, and the Lincoln uh, building, and then you have early Ford V8s, you have Pierce Arrow. Uh, it's just a wonderful car barn. Yes. That's a great museum. Everybody must go there. And they have car shows there, too. Yeah, the Gilmore definitely has to be a bucket list museum for anybody. I, I agree with you. If you, in fact, you know, if I had to choose one that I went to over all the others, it would probably be the Gilmore. Broad yeah, swath so of great stuff yeah and uh all of the neat stuff that people from the various clubs mark clubs have donated to augment the uh displays it's it's a fabulous uh, absolutely great i did not realize that um that museum was actually started way back in the 60s i thought it was more recent than that but someone recently wow. was telling me that it started in the mid 60s um i didn't know that Another museum that um, really is a, it's a little bit more gritty, I'll use, the, use that term, and that is the Pioneer Village, and it's out in Minden, Nebraska, sort of out in the middle of nowhere. There was a guy from Minden, Nebraska by the name of Harold Warp, who invented cling wrap, you know, like glad wrap. You know, the stretch wrap that you put over, you know, the stuff that goes in your refrigerator. He invented that and subsequently made a ton of money and erected this sprawling complex of buildings uh, there in uh, Minden, Nebraska, Harold Warp's Pioneer Museum. They have over 300 cars in the museum. When I say it's a little gritty, it's definitely a little gritty. 
the cars have been in there for a very long time. I'm not sure exactly when the museum was started, probably in the 60s. And, you know, he's long since passed away, but his family continues to run the museum. You know, you walk into most museums these days and they have, um, you know, information um, on QR codes that you can snap with your phone. It'll give you information about the exhibit, the car that you're looking at and all of that. Or there's a very nice placard or something like that. Out Out at this museum, it's been done so long ago that the information about each many of the cars is on these large cards that are on a, in a metal frame that is attached to the car with metal lag screws. So not the best conservation job. <laughs> in fact, I'll try to post some pictures of it on our Facebook page um, so people can check that out. I, I was just blown away. It's like, okay, well, we need to put some information on this car and uh you know where's where's the screwdriver and the drill <laughs> wow you know uh another good museum if you're a corvette person which you probably went already is is the corvette museum in bowling green kentucky it's li- literally across the road radio from, from radio back. station yeah cool stuff yeah uh the corvette museum is amazing uh, all types of Corvettes from day one, uh, memorabilia. And like I said, you know, a lot of people go there. They have car shows of all Corvettes. And then you go to the factory across the way, take the tour and see how Corvettes are made. So that's another must-attend museum. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them out there, a lot of little museums here and there. Uh, there's America's Car Museum as well. And we're going on a break. Okay. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. I want to remind everybody that uh, following the Classic Car Show is the Classic Auto Mall Show. And uh, they have over 600 cars in, under roof. And um, it's amazing. So stay tuned for the Auto Mall Show, Classic Car Auto Mall Show, 
right after this. And let's get back. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Collected and now have been dispersed, but uh, yeah, 
car museums all over the place, folks. Uh, no matter where you travel in this great country of ours, it's always good to know what lies ahead. And you could, you know, rest for two hours and look at cars and then get back on the road again. Now, which I guess there's generally a, some, you know, one other museum I have to mention, uh, just outside of Philly, the Simeon. Simeon is a great museum also. Uh, not, not the easiest. Yeah, uh, Octane Magazine, the British magazine, gives out awards every year. And I think twice has been voted, uh, the best car museum in the world. I've never been. I've been meaning to go. Uh, the focus of the Simeon Museum with Dr. Fred Simeon was, uh, originality. And he preserved the originality, including, you know, lots of rare race cars. Race cars with provenance, ones that won Le Mans things like that, and uh, try to keep them as they race in their original state. So that's the great thing about the Simeon Museum in Philadelphia. So that is also a must museum to attend to. But uh, it, it, it's always fun going to car shows and going to museums and, you know, looking about, see what's there. Uh, there's just so much to see in this world when it comes to stuff like that, so. We're just waiting for Tom to get back. Uh, and, <laughs> I'm back. Oh, you're I'm back. back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. How many, how many bars <laughs> do you have now? <laughs> well, let's do, see. Do you have? Oh, hey, we're we're out of 5G. We're down to 4G, but we got but we've got five bars, and we're on interstate. So I think okay. we're good to go now. You're going to have to put up with me, and so is everyone else. Uh, so, you yeah. know, the whole discussion about the Hershey change, if you will, which is, like I said, it's a tempest in a teapot, but the state of the hobby, con- you know, there's a constant rattle and hum throughout the hobby of, you know, the impending doom of the collector car market and the hobby in general, I don't subscribe to it. I'm one of those people that I'm very optimistic about it. I think that young people are interested in cars, and I think overall, they're, you know, and I've unfortunately uh, I've been, in, well, fortunately, I haven't got kicked bucket by now, but I've been in the hobby for many, many years, and, you know, there are more people involved in the car hobby today than there have ever been involved. There are more people reproducing parts today than ever before. It's a great time to be in the collector car hobby, as I see it. That's true. And I don't see that yep. changing. No, it, it, it continues to grow because now you have a lot of people who are interested in Japanese cars, you know, which I think is wonderful. Because everybody considers them as throwaway vehicles, and they're not. So you have this big movement now of Japanese cars, and not just you know the what they call them, the JDM, the Japanese market cars. Dark market, even, you know, right? Yeah, try try to find a '68 Corolla, and if you do, it's like wow, that is so cool. So you know, you have uh, the growing interest in Japanese cars. Uh, you still have, uh, well, you have growing interest. Trucks. Let's face it, vintage. You know, pickup trucks. 
and Broncos and, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to cab over? But, uh, yeah, just the hobby has continued to growing. Uh, people now are collecting and restoring, believe it or not, Mazda Miatas, you know? Uh, so everything changes, but yet a lot of things stay the same, if you know what I mean. It's like everything kind of merges, like with the Pacific and the Atlantic, you know? There's a little bit of, you know, rough seas, but uh, it all kind of smooths out in the end. I, I I completely agree. I I will say that it's incumbent upon everyone who's involved in the hobby these days to be inviting. Don't be exclusive. Be inviting. Be inviting to anyone and everyone who shows any interest whatsoever in your vehicle. Just within the last six months, I have signed up gosh, probably eight people under the age of 25 for AACA membership. And wow. I just started paying close attention. Uh, girls, too. Girls and guys. Yep. And, you know, I've been paying close attention when I'm talking to people. And I just... Ask the question, you know, what do you think about joining AACA? And I talk about the magazine. I talk about the cars. I said, you know, you really love these cars. You need to get a steady diet of it. And I haven't had anybody turn me down. Uh, wow, last year, for the entirety of the year, I think I signed up 20, 24, 25 uh, people for AACA. So I, I think people huh. are receptive. You just got to talk. Talk about it, you know. Yeah, you got to get out there and, uh, you know, if you have a cruise night nearby or, you know, cars and coffee, bring your car. If you see a young kid uh, looking at your car, invite him over. Have him sit in it. You're going to sit in it, so how is he going to ruin it if he sits in it, you know? Let him see what it's like to grab a stick shift because he probably, you know, never done that before. So, uh, yeah, you got to be more inviting. I, I totally agree. I was just going to say, you know, as, as far as driving, you know, I have friends that at events, they'll teach people how to drive a Model T. You know, it's got those three pedals there. It's kind of wild and crazy. Uh, sort of the manual version of the later automatic transmission. Um, you know, the Model T's transmission is pretty unique. But they have a great time teaching people how to drive the cars. You know, they find a large space that's open. The people are not going to run into anything or nothing crazy is going to go on. They're not going to run over anyone. And they teach people how to drive the cars. And there are now people teaching young people how to drive stick shift, too. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of kids today don't know. Uh, my, my two young daughters, uh, they both know how to drive stick shift. So I, I taught them early on. This is what you got to do. Well, I'm not going to leave you my triumphs. You got to learn how to drive a stick shift if you want those triumphs. Of course, they don't want the triumphs anyway because they see how often they break down. But uh, at least they learn how to uh, drive stick. So it's all good in the. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but you have you have to put people in the vehicles. You know, the interesting thing is. 
yours truly, for instance, I sort of, I came about my love of the hobby or somewhat organically. My parents, neither one of them were mechanically inclined, much less fond of old cars. They wanted new cars. They didn't want old cars. But once I began to show that interest, just ever so slightly, I started to run into people who were, of course, older than I was, and they could actually afford to buy cars and things of that nature. But those people fostered my interest in antique cars. I would say back at that time, the focus was certainly on guys. Guys were the ones that were more interested. That's changed, changed significantly. I I can remember going to swap meets 25, 30 years ago, and you'd occasionally see someone with a girlfriend, but there weren't many. I bet you up there in Englishtown, you know, at the swap meet up there, that wasn't, you know, full of women with uh, infants and baby carriages, was it? No. No. Uh, No, you saw all kinds of things. I mean, let's face it, we, we know several women in the hobby now who have pickup trucks and all types of old cars and their husbands aren't interested in it. You know what I mean? I mean, I want to say to them, hey, how could you marry a putz like that who who has no interest in old cars? But at least they do. You know what I mean? So uh, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. uh, If you have a love of, you know, uh, industrial design and mechanicals and things like that, uh, then you got to love old cars. It's a lot of fun. It's a great hobby. Well, I actually will go one step further. So, you know, at first I, I was like, you know, put put people in the car, let them feel it, get the smell of it, enjoy it. And, you know, particularly these days, and I, I digress momentarily, but the, the fact of the matter is we need to get kids in the cars and their parents in the cars, and generally they want to take pictures. And these days, when people take pictures, they post it out there on social media. All these happy pictures of people in old cars posted out there on social media, it's helpful to us. It makes a big difference. But take take it even one step beyond. I am never too shy to put people in the car, let them drive the car even, And, of course, certainly ride in the car as well. So, you know, I'll take people for a ride. I'll let them drive. You know, I'm not going to let them, you know, do anything crazy, but I'll let them drive. I have no problem with it. You know, no one is going to develop a love for something that they feel they can't touch and can't interact with. Right. I I agree. Uh, When I was at Hershey last year, I ran into my daughter's friend. His name is Greg. And uh, he's about 31 years old. And uh, I said, hey, Craig, well, what are you doing? And he says, well, I just bought an old car. I said, what'd you buy? He goes, I bought a Trumbull. <laughs> now, Holy a Trumbull smoke. is like, well, yeah, like 1916. Yeah. So I said, uh, what? I mean, I was speechless. He goes, you know, I'm on computers all day since I started school. We've been on computers. That's all we do. Everything we do is social media. We're on our phones. He goes, 
it's refreshing to be in something that is so basically mechanical and that we got to drive it instead of driving us. And he says his friend bought a Model T, another one bought a Model A, and uh, another one was looking at a Pope. So they're into this brass era because of their simplicity and the fact that they feel connected to the car. And uh, so that was refreshing to hear. And I really feel good about that. And he said a lot of people he knows in his age bracket, late 20s into the 30s, are into brass pepper cars. So uh, there's hope. It really is. I've heard that, too, that uh, there are a lot of younger people getting into brass, brass era cars. And, you know, things tend to be somewhat, somewhat cyclical. We're going to go and take a break, and we'll be right back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. So, right when we left, yeah, we were talking about Things being somewhat cyclical, uh, younger, Rich was men- mentioning younger people that were getting into pre-war brass cars. Uh, right now is a perfect time. Everybody's complaining about, you know, young people, this and that. And the other thing, well, one of the problems has been that pre- for, for a long time, pre-war cars have been out of the reach of some of these people. Fortunately, so many Model T's survived and that there's such a thriving market of replacement parts, etc. For, for Model T's. A great club, Model T Ford Club of America to support the mark. It's a great entry-level vehicle these days. I see complete Model T's now available for between five and $8,000. And a project you could buy for even less than that. Uh, one that, wow. you know, you'd have to go out and hunt some parts down. But that's very entry level for something pre-war. So, you know, in, in some ways, it's just going to perpetuate 
the curve, if you will, bringing more people in as it becomes more affordable, and then those younger people, as they become more successful and, and hopefully increase their income, they're going to graduate from the Model Ts to other cars. I think it's going to be good for the hobby. You know, uh, I've never driven a Model T, and I've always wanted to drive one. <laughs> but I heard it's a very unique Yeah, I, I really... You know, there's those two young ladies in North Carolina that have Model Ts, and I want to do a story on them for Crankshaft. So maybe I'll... Weaver when I go out there, maybe... Who? The Weaver Sisters. Yes, the Weaver Sisters. And they're wonderful ladies, and they're into Model Ts, and uh, I think it's going to be a great story on them. I think people are going to find it very interesting. So maybe I get to drive a Model T when I go visit them. I think that'd be pretty cool. It, it, it's oh, on my I... bucket list. They are so full of enthusiasm for, for those cars. Uh, Natalie is the uh, editor of uh, Model T Club Magazine. Um, gosh, you'll have a you'll have a blast because they're fabulous people, and you'll thoroughly in, enjoy it. So yeah, you definitely need to do that. And uh, I know a guy who can hook okay. you up with that. <laughs> situation so i know a guy who can help you make that happen so uh okay and they'll be at hershey too they never miss hershey um but uh throughout the summer those two gals are driving all over the country in the model t's it's crazy but it just goes to show how much fun can be had and how much enjoyment and then of course you know you meet so many great people too but uh you know the, the hobby's not going anywhere uh you know, you can still go out and buy a 52 Plymouth Cranbrook that's in reasonably decent, maybe even running condition Five for grand. a couple thousand bucks. All that, right. Yes, you can. And that's a good-looking car. Especially when you're behind the wheel and you see the metal dash and the real gauges. Like, wow, this is, this is just so cool. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of cars out there that you can get for under five grand. Uh, don't believe everything you see on TV. You know, that's just exaggeration. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool. So, what's, uh, so is, has, uh, Crankshaft come back from the pub publisher yet? From the printer? No, uh, the printer. it was printed. You're the publisher. Was ah. Printed. Yeah, it, it was printed last Thursday. It was bounded yesterday, and now it's being boxed. And then I think it's going to be either today or Monday. It'll be polybagged, the issues that have to be mailed, and it'll be mailed on, uh, I think, Tuesday the 16th, or somewhere around the 16th. And everybody should be getting their copy around May 20th, May 21st. So I hope you all like it, folks. A lot of hard work went into this issue, and that's why it took so long. And we're already working on issue number seven. So uh, it's a struggle, but we're trying to keep it going. So uh, if, if your magazine was up for a renewal, please renew. We need every dollar we could get to keep this, this project going. Well, I appreciate the support. Thank you. Well, that's, that's, that's just it, Richard. It, it's a project. And it's one that the 
car hobby desperately needs, particularly these days, and I say it, and I'll say it 50 million times more, so much of what you read on the Internet is incorrect. There's, at times, 50 mistakes in, in, a, in a long, in a, I mean, just a fairly short article. I read one the other week. It was a motor, uh, somebody writing for Motor Trend. And I read the article, and I'm like, that thing is riddled with mistakes, stuff that is totally incorrect. How could they not get that right, you know, writing from Motor Trend online? I mean, kind of embarrassing, I, I would think. But it's not just that. It, it, it's others as well. You know, in my opinion, they just all need to do a better job. They do, and they, they need to write articles that are interesting. All too often, they write stuff that is just so far out there. It's like, who cares? It's just boring. Weak heart. So, no. anyway, one minute to go. Uh, let's, you know, wrap it up. And everybody have a so, great weekend. If you work on get off, safe. Get off the couch. Get in the garage. Do something fun. Remember, right. cheap cars are good. Cheap tools or not. Off the head. Have a safe journey take, getting that Cadillac. We'll see you all next week. Take care. We'll be uh, in Gettysburg. See you there. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.